you waited all week for this, and today you showed up for sunshine, shots, and more sarcasm than you could ever handle. Because Sundays are always sunnier when you tune into. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Sunny with a Shot of Sarcasm. My name is Selena. I am your host, and I am joined today virtually by my friend who's in Australia. Hi, Danielle. Hi. Am I just at friend status now since I I live in Australia? (laughs) Oh, shoot. Yeah, I got to be honest. I haven't seen you in person for almost two years, so you've been downgraded to friend. Not best friend, you're just friends. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, it's, it's very easy to lose your status around here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to First break all, it to you. It hasn't even been a year and a half. Second of all, I'm telling your mom. <laughs> I'm telling Anna immediately. Danielle, I have to start off with the question how do we know each other? Um, so we know each other because our backyards touch so my house and your house are like back to back we're backyard neighbors we're backyard neighbors yeah so when um when we we were friends (laughs) yeah we basically knew each other even before we went to elementary school because our parents were friends Mm -hmm. because you know they have to split the fence fees or whatever and um yeah, that's how we became friends. So the I don't fence. know how I was in. Who You know, because of the fence fees, not because they like sh- practically share a backyard. No, 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 because of the fence fees. Danielle, we have some questions that were written in. Best travel memory together. that's a hard one we have traveled to a lot of places together guys see this is oh this is where it gets difficult because the one that's coming to my mind (laughs) could potentially incriminate this and like (laughs) I need to be honest my mom like keeps asking me like oh when are you gonna be on Selena's podcast and I'm like (laughs) okay Lisa I don't know if I want you listening (laughs) we're gonna have to pretend that it wasn't you on the episode we're gonna name you something (laughs) different so that nobody knows (laughs) she's so excited I think my favorite oh god memory with you oh god you know what I'm gonna say you know what I'm gonna say Um, I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say when we were in Amsterdam together it was us five girls and um we decided to have a magic brownie Mm-hmm. We wanted to indulge in the cuisine of Amsterdam. Yeah, we, really we heard truly... that they had the best magic <laughs> brownies. And mom, by magic brownies, I mean they put extra sprinkles in it. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's what they mean. <laughs> That's what we mean. That's what we mean. Anyways, so um, we decided to um, have this magic brownie in the museum. Anyone who's been to Amsterdam, they have the museum district there. Uh, big Van Gogh Museum, all the big ones are there. And um, there's a lot of like 
sculptures and structures and everything and And it's outdoor there's there's indoor components but we decided to stroll around the outdoor museums where there's all kinds of sculptures made out of plants and trees we entered a parallel universe let's start there (laughs) we are okay this is when it hit us so we're all on chairs in the museum district just hanging out there's like all kinds of things to look at and to see people are passing us by all of a sudden we all start dying of laughter we look over at each other and that's when we all knew we just gave each other the look and we all knew that it had kicked in from then on out (laughs) yeah can I just add that (laughs) when we went to the bakery and bought these um magic it came with an instruction sheet (laughs) yeah so the baker that sold it to us he basically said that the the magic doesn't really hit you for like at least half an hour, 45 minutes. And you have to be um, on an empty stomach. So this is like a full yeah. plan. Like you need to set aside like a day for this yeah. event. But what our idea was, was we were going to, where we got them was close to the museum district. And our hostel was about a half an hour walk back. So we're <laughs> like, let's take them now because we wanted to be in the comfort of our own like room at like at the hostel. Yes you know, when the magic starts happening. So we take them in the museum district thinking, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. I swear to <laughs> Jesus Christ himself, three minutes, we were on the floor laughing <laughs> at Julia's sausage fingers. <laughs> Julia's holding out her hands. She's like, guys, I have sausage fingers. And she's moving them around and they warped into actual sausages like italian sausages like they literally looked like they were from the butcher like we went to the butcher yeah. and there was italian sausages everything was warping is what we're trying to tell you people were warping sculptures were warping water was warping and suddenly me and danielle became obsessed with each other we yeah. completely, we completely like we're holding hands we're just like loving each other and i had a fanny pack I had this silver chrome fanny pack and for some reason guys it is weird what things like the state of minds that things put you into but we were convinced absolutely convinced that the fanny pack was our son (laughs) and we named him him we named him him we're like so our son's name was him (laughs) yeah um so we connected on the new level like I thought our friendship couldn't be any more strong until we were in Amsterdam and it was just you and I and we kept running away from the other girls because <laughs> they're which is also so bad but their vibes were not matching our vibes so we just we kept were running Land. away from we were, yeah, we were absolute <laughs> la la Land. So we're running down the streets of Amsterdam, like holding hands, like actually frolicking, frolicking, the skipping, streets, skipping, holding with, him, swinging, yeah, holding him. Like you know when people swing their little baby child, they're swinging them back and forth by the hands. That's what yeah. we were doing with him. We were swinging him. We were skipping, and then we almost got in trouble because <laughs> um, there were these like sculptures, and they were very abstract, and they were people, but like not I I have a picture I can send you you can put it on the Instagram so people can get a visual and the way the 
the the sculpture was posed, it was like you know how Drake dances in Hotline Bling. Yes, like he's hands behind his back. He's and like, the other nah, hands, like nah, nah. Yeah. He's doing the yeah. nah movement. Yeah. So the sculpture was doing that, and me and Selena just laid underneath it, and we just kept laughing, just saying how like this thing looks like Drake. But we were laying on the grass and you were like obsessing on the grass because you were like, the grass is so lush. Like, this is the nicest grass ever. And then we got kicked off by security and we just started running. Anyways, moral of the story, me and Selena fell in love that day. We had a child. We ditched our friends. And um, (laughs) it, like I said before, it should have been a half an hour walk back to our hostel. So that was our goal still the entire time was to get back to the hostel. It took us four and a half hours to get <laughs> back to our hostel, but we made it. Guys, we were getting lost. We were going, okay. If you have ever been to Amsterdam, every single street looks like a canal. There's a bridge, there's houses on either side. They're very gothic looking, black doors, big wrought iron posts. And you have a canal basically running down every single street because the city is essentially on top of water, right? Yeah. So you can imagine that to us, every single street looked the same. And we were Mm -hmm. going in circles four and a half hours to get back to our hostel. What was really cool about that experience, too, is that the first few days that we were in Amsterdam, it was very rainy, and we weren't so happy about it. It was our first stop in our Europe trip in 2017, and we were like, should we have come here? I feel like there's not much that we can even do. It's raining, and we weren't sure how we felt about the city. But then that day, everything for us changed and we saw the beauty of the city, just being outside in the sun, looking at the architecture, the history, the canals, the art district, the waterfalls, everything made out of stone, the bikes, oh, the bikes, the bikes, the bikes, the bikes, bikes. but it was honestly very, very beautiful just to actually see and appreciate the city. And I have feeling that that is the reason why Amsterdam is known for their special brownies yeah it really like after that day I just realized like Amsterdam is definitely a city I could live in yeah just by like seeing from that point of view yes for sure okay next question your craziest slash scariest travel experience the pandemic pretty much hit when I was in the Philippines. Um, so that was probably the most hectic travel experience I've ever ex- experienced. Uh, mm-hmm. I can kind of give you a little rundown of the story and yeah. like what happened. Um, so pretty much I was in the Philippines with, we're just going to give this person a nickname. He will probably come up again in the podcast. We'll call him Kangaroo Jack, okay? Kangaroo Jack. All right. We introduced the first character, Kangaroo Jack. Hey, Anyways. numero uno. <laughs> I was in the Philippines with Kangaroo Jack. Um, and the virus was obviously a thing, but it wasn't as, like, of a thing that it became. So we left, and when him and I were traveling... Um, everything was so pretty normal. The only thing was um, every single place we went, they were like taking our temperatures and stuff. And 
that was pretty much it. Didn't have to wear masks or anything. Um, and then, so him and I were in the Philippines for like eight days. And then he went back to the land down under. And then Cass flew in to meet me. So we went to Quran for three nights. Everything was exactly the same. We just took our temperatures. Nothing really changed. And then we had a flight to El Nido. So we took our flight there and we got there and our hostel that we were staying at was on a really like deserted beach so it was kind of away from the main town and um it, it was about like a half an hour 45 minute drive from the main town and by drive i mean a scooter so as we were on the scooter with um the driver he's like oh like are you guys like planning on staying in El Nido for like a while? And we're like, oh, three days. And he basically said, oh, well, international um, domestic flights are stopping. And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, like because of the, the, the virus, like they're stopping like all like the, the flights, domestic, international, like whatever. And we're like, what? Like we were just so confused. We get to the hostel, which is on a beach. And we had to look our luggages through the sand to get to this hostel when I tell you we got there and it was madness there was every single person and their dog in the lobby of the hostel trying to book flights out of the Philippines and then it was confirmed that in so that was I believe on a Friday and Sunday the Philippines was stopping all domestic and international flights for a month Holy. Yeah. And mining Cass's plan was we we're going to stay in El Nido for a bit, do another part of the Philippines, and then we we're going to do Bali, Singapore, and then he- head to Australia and do like the West Coast and everything. Um, so pretty much we had to book a flight from the Philippines and we're like, you know what, let's just get out of Asia. Let's just go straight to Australia because we had our year-long working holiday visas here so we're like let's just get here we booked a flight um but to get to this flight we had to get out of El Nido which again is a very small island so we had to book a flight out of there um we had to like mission it to like this random small airport (laughs) we get to that airport um we had to fly to another small island we get to that airport and then um, we had to stay overnight in that island. I didn't remember what it was. And then we had to take a flight from there to Clark, Philippines. That's a city. Um, and then we get to Clark in the Philippines and our flight to Australia gets cancelled. So we have to book a whole new flight, but there was no flights leaving from that airport. So we had to somehow get to Manila Um we get to Manila, still, like, don't have any flights booked. So <laughs> we're at like, this we point, just... let's just do a refresher. At this point, not only is this the beginning of your trip, Cass yeah. just got there, just met you. Literally. You were there for yeah. maybe a week or so with, um, yeah. with Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo Jack yeah. leaves, goes back to the Down Under. Cassandra from Canada 
Cassandra from Canada. From Canada. <laughs> Sounds like when you announced the water resort from Canada. Okay, Cassandra from Canada just arrives, and immediately you guys are now suddenly take you. This is your fourth flight at this point because now yeah. you're in Manila. So yeah. Four. In the matter of a few yeah. days, you are now in Manila, and this is your fourth flight island hopping within the Philippines to try to yes. desperately get out to Australia and screw everything else, throw out the rest of the plans. We're going yeah. to Australia. Got mm-hmm. it. Because that's when the pandemic was getting like extremely serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last flights out of Manila. So this was Sunday, like they were shutting the airports this Sunday and it was like four o'clock and we get to the Manila airport and then we were able to book one of the last flights and the flight went through Hong Kong and Australia had travel bans already from certain countries, China being one of them. And again, I know Hong Kong isn't China, but it's, it's um, sometimes like depending on the travel ban, some countries consider hong kong a part of china a part of it, yes yeah so we just risked it <laughs> like you know what we're just booking this flight it goes through hong kong let's just hope for the best mm-hmm. um so we book it we get onto this flight and we get to hong kong and once we were transferring to the next flight we ask the girl who worked for the australian airline we're like is our second flight going to get canceled because it's coming from Hong Kong? And she's like, oh, let me check. Like, there was talk about whatever. Anyways, we were fine. So we ended up getting onto the flight straight to Sydney. Um, and we made it, like, one of the last flights. And then two days after we got to Australia, Australia closed their international borders to anyone unless you're a permanent resident or citizen. So you guys made it in the nick of time. Literally the nick of time. In the nick of time. And um, so a lot of people think I'm stuck here in Australia. I'm not stuck. I can come home whenever I feel. Um, Like I'm a Canadian citizen. Obviously I can come back whenever. Uh, The thing is, if I leave Australia, it's a very, very hard process to get back in because Australia only lets like 6,000 people in a week because of their hotel quarantine. Um, And there's like Australian citizens that are still stuck. So me just being on like a random work visa, Mm -hmm. if I apply for an exemption, it would get denied. So Mm -hmm. technically not stuck. I just, if I leave, I probably won't be able to get back in to Australia. And I want to stay here. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, but in the time of in the Philippines, there's so much other crazy things about like how we even got to the small airports. We had to take like scooters and Cass had to sit in a basket on a scooter with our luggage. <laughs> yes. I was hanging off the back of it. Like there is like guys, so... I need to explain a visual of what a what is what this looks like. So have you ever seen those cartoon movies from like the early 2000s where like a guy has a scooter and he puts his dog in the little in the yeah. little basket like on the side which has like a little wheel <laughs> like that is what they were inside of getting to an airport like from an island to an airport they're riding in the basket of a scooter yeah 
That's crazy. Was, were you guys ever terrified at all? Yeah, we were. Like, we put a lot of trust into people. Like, you know how you learn as a kid, like, don't talk to strangers and don't go on weird men's motorcycles. Like, <laughs> Don't go on a weirdo <laughs> scooter and sit in the basket. In the middle of nowhere. So to one of our, to one of the accommodations we had to book to at like one of the small airports to get there they had like um like a minivan but it went to the airport not this really small one it went to another airport so we asked the driver because someone told us that we have to take this minivan to get to the other airport and he's like oh no like I can it's on the way but you need to find your own ride to get to the actual accommodation which is about like 40 minutes so we're like okay, so this guy can take us two hours on the minivan. So we just go and then we get dropped off on the side of the road <laughs> with like, just imagine like, like not huts, but like a kind of huts. Like it was a, <laughs> they were small, huts. They were huts. a little small, there was like a, a little convenience store hut thing and then a few homes and there was locals and this wasn't like a touristy place at all and then we just get dropped off and we're just there with our luggages and this guy with the scooter is like do you need a ride to like the, the San Vicente I'm pretty sure that's what it's called and we're like yeah he's like oh well I only have my semi motorcycle and we're like what okay what's a semi motorcycle <laughs> What does that mean? Like, yeah, we'll come. So, so it's like a motorcycle. And instead of it being like a full cart on the side that's attached, it's just like, it looks like a crate. <laughs> it's like a... Anyways, so we plopped cast in that. I was on this guy's back. And then he brought us, like, he did what he said. He brought us straight to the accommodation. And then, yeah. But like, thinking about it what were we thinking yeah allowing I, ourselves to get dropped off in the side of the road like yeah sure we'll flight. take a ride halfway to where we have to go like but yeah no it was either that or we get stuck in the philippines for exactly a month and like, you guys were in fight or flight mode instant yeah. survival mode and i know that our parents tell us not to do that stuff but i think you made incredible decisions and it really paid off for you and you made it and but <laughs> it was hectic it. it was honestly hectic they made it to australia a lot of people were wondering about the move to australia and people's specific question was about the whole visa process you are on a working holiday visa and they were wondering how that works now as a backstory guys i also did a working holiday visa in australia and something that I regret to this day is that I feel like I wish I did my research better on the way that working holiday visas work in other countries. I feel like I was too young. Um, I was still in university. It was my sister who wanted to go. And I just thought, wow, this is convenient. I'll go with her over our summer break, which just so happens to be Australia's winter. So not the best time to go. And I got a working holiday visa and I was only there for three months. So that is one of my deepest regrets to this day is that I feel like I wasted my working holiday visa because the way that it works is you cannot get another 
working holiday visa for that country unless you do three months of farm work within the first year of you being there. This is something that I did not know at all. So I la-di-da left Australia in three months, barely even made it feel like a home for me. It was such a quick interaction. I was working there. I was living there. It was great. And I was out of there. And it wasn't until many years later, and especially listening to you and Cassandra from Canada's (laughs) experiences that I was like, wow, shoot, I did not use my holiday visa to the fullest and huge regret for me because I only got three months out of it and I could have gotten two years out of it, which you guys are now on your second year. How is that working? Do you guys have to do farm work in order to obtain this? So So what did you guys do? People are dying to know about the farm work. (laughs) So they call it regional work here in Australia. Like you need to do your three months of regional work. Tass and mine's original plan when we came to Australia was obviously we were going to travel the whole West Coast, um, settle in Sydney, you know, get normal jobs here. And if we wanted to extend it to a second year, we would have looked into doing our regional work at the end of our first year. That being said, we didn't want to do it at all. Like we were hoping to either get some sort of green card or like get sponsored by a job <laughs> get type of situation. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> put a ring on the finger. I'm kidding. Um, not really, but kidding. <laughs> so we are stuck in our apartment. And if you have me on Instagram, I think me and Cass uploaded the most shenanigan things. Like just imagine doing isolation with one of your best friends not isolation sorry we were in lockdown which Mm -hmm. is you and your best friend no parents no like other obligations in a new city that you couldn't even like explore so we were going absolutely insane like I look back on the Instagram stories I posted and I'm like we were not okay in the head mentally (laughs) like actually we were going crazy and they did an easter egg hunt yes which (laughs) Which is the two of them it was people people loved it yeah it was was adorable i loved it um we straight up turned into alcoholics we were having a bottle or two of wine each a night because there was nothing else to do and we i we just i didn't i'm it's funny but like it's really not we were drinking and eating such horrible foods because we were just we just didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. there was so many days where I was just like should I should we just go back home like Mm -hmm. we're blowing through our savings at least I was like by paying rent and like having to like live getting food like but not having an income um I was like should I just go back home and then I was like, okay, no, like, how much longer can this lockdown possibly go for? Like, it was just a constant, like, fight battle in my head, like, back and forth every day. And, like, we're both just, like, going through the same things. Like, it was really, really hard. I can't Um, even imagine what that must have felt like. Um, I remember being on phone calls with both of you guys, either together and individually as well. And we were all contemplating the pros and cons. Like, I swear I was making a pros and cons list. I was using all my resources, 
like we were all researching things, reaching out to people that we knew, like just trying to get any advice on the situation that we could. That is such a hard situation because you did not know how long this pandemic was going to last being in total isolation, not making any money, blowing through your savings. At that point, you want to just throw the towel in and it sucks because you guys had worked so hard to get there. And this was supposed to be an entire year of your lives that you were embarking on together. And you had all your systems and processes. You, you both quit your jobs. Cass shut down her business that she worked so hard to put together. You quit multiple jobs to leave and go to Australia. So I could not even imagine the pressure that you guys were feeling trying to make that decision. If I go back, do I just rekindle? Like, what am I losing? What am I gaining from both of the options? And yeah. how did you guys end up deciding to stay? So pretty much um, it started crossing my mind, like maybe we should just reach out to uh, like working hostels, some like farms, and maybe we should just try and see if we could get our regional work done now because there's nothing else we can do. We can't get any other jobs. Um, so then I joined a lot of Facebook groups. I was in contact with like, I had another, a few other friends like already living in Australia that did the whole work, um, farm work thing, reach out to them. And obviously every other backpacker had the same idea, mm-hmm. like, oh, let's just do our regional work. So yes. there was not, a, there was almost, I think I reached out to over a hundred different farms and working hostels and none of them were accepting new people mm-hmm. um which the farms was very were basically very like disappointing full, full, right? yeah and which is not common i feel like it's very easy to to get farm work to land farm work in australia yeah. obviously you're doing very cheap labor for them you were essentially fighting for a, a spot fighting for a spot just yeah. to get the farm work over with because it's like at this point you are wasting so much of your one year visa being in Australia, drinking two bottles of wine and sitting on a couch every night. So let's slap in the farm work now, get it over with so that this way we can have an extended year, another year on top of it. Let's get the two years. Honestly, I just remembered now, like something that also made me so depressed was about two months before I left for Australia, one of the jobs I worked at, you also worked at, yes. and um, RGM proposed me like to have a higher a position. potential, yeah, a, a potential promotion. promotion, a good promotion with a very good company mm-hmm. that I would love to move up in mm-hmm. if I was back in Canada. And that was and I just over remember. Your head. Yes, and I remember obviously I have had this plan to like move to Australia and I told him and he was so supportive and so happy for me and he said like well I'll always have like that job in him to like go back to. Yeah. Um but yeah, so supportive of my decision, but coming to Australia and just knowing that like I gave up on such like a good job position to what I get like you said, sit in an apartment and drink two bottles of wine a night, like it was so hard mentally because I just kept thinking like I made the wrong choice I made the wrong choice I made the wrong choice Mm -hmm. but it all ended up working out now 
but getting back to the actual job that Cass and I ended up getting. <laughs> so I had a friend um, who lives in Melbourne and she did her regional work in 2018 and she did it in the Sunshine Coast. And I asked her and she gave me all the details about it. So I reached out to this working hostel. Um, and a working hostel, by the way, is um, a hostel that supplies like farm jobs and different types of jobs to backpackers in like Australia. So we reach out to this hostel and the hostel manager's like, we have a few spots that open up, like when can you get here? And I was like, probably by like next week type of thing. Talked to Cass, Cass agreed. So within like a week and a half, we decided that we were gonna be moving up to the Sunshine Coast. Um, packed up all our stuff, rented a car, and we drove 12 hours from Sydney to the Sunshine Coast. Uh, we get there and the hostel manager comes to meet us and he gave us the address of a motel, which was right beside the hostel. And he's like, oh, okay, so this is where you'll be doing your self-isolation for two weeks. And me and Cass were like, what? <laughs> like, we, he did not mention that we had to self-isolate for two weeks. So we're like, oh, we were already so depressed because I can travel, I can travel in hostels, stay in them a short periods of time, but like we were about to move into a hostel. Mm -hmm. So that was already so <laughs> depressing. And now yeah. we find out that me and her have to share a bed in a dingy motel for two weeks, can't really leave except for one hour of exercise a day. We're like, all right, this is great. Anyways. <laughs> this is a horror story. Yeah. This is we... <laughs> We um, do our two weeks of isolation, um, but every day me and her, we were just like go for a walk and where we lit, like where our new home in the Sunshine Coast was beautiful. It was a five minute walk to the beach. It was just like the most beautiful strip. It was like a, a small beach town, but like so stunning. Mm -hmm. And like that made it so much better mentally knowing that we have such a nice place to live mm -hmm. um so now getting into actually moving into the hostel we moved in and luckily Cass and I had a room just ourselves so the room the hostel room was two bunk beds in each so it should be four people living in it but we, it was just me and Cass and we're like all right this is doable I mean we just slept together in the same bed for the past two weeks like now we have this, is an, this like, is an upgrade. This is an upgrade. <laughs> we had our own washroom. Um, and then the first thing, like one of the first days we were there, we met like a few of the other people that were living there. We met uh, a few guys and they had a car and they were going to like the these glass house mountains and they asked us to go. We're like, yeah, sure. And like everything was so great, whatever. And um, then we started realizing that living in a hostel was like living in the big brother house <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so the guys that we went to the glass house mountains with apparently one of them had a girlfriend in the hostel so we came back from this day trip and it was Mayhem. automatic drama right off the start that we had no idea we were even involved in because we didn't know anyone <laughs> and um yeah so if you watch the show big brother 
that's literally what living in a hostel is like a bunch of 20 year old people 20 to 30 year old people sharing a kitchen sharing accommodations sharing common spaces waking up together in a bed together waking up together like (laughs) 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 but yeah there was just like it was the funnest experience but like most different experience that I've ever experienced um but in the long haul obviously all the trauma worked itself out and we're such good friends with literally every single person that lived in that hostel and I wouldn't change it for a world like I have such a lifelong friends mm-hmm. from all over the world just by like living in that hostel yeah um that's so cute and the job Cass and I ended up getting we also lucked out we worked on an edible flower farm so those like cute little flowers that they put on like cocktails and desserts mm-hmm. we would just pick and pack them oh that's so cute yeah so that was our job in the sunshine coast that's so and, cute yeah, we we but with, with farm work though I hear that there's a lot of like shady farm work that people could get into meaning yeah we'll so, get screwed over and we've heard so many stories like that before which it's really scary like passports yes. getting taken people not being able to leave so there's two different types of farms like um like I don't know how I can word this properly but in, in Australia, piece rate is legal. And piece rate means you get paid for how much you pick or pack of something. Um, so it's not ours. There's huge, there's huge controversies around it because if you are a fast picker, fast packer, you can potentially make more than minimum wage. But if you're not, mm-hmm. you can make like significantly less $25 a day for like seven hours of work oh my god I've been there done that been there are you a fast Um, picker or a slow picker I am absolutely slow Uh so one of the first jobs we worked at we only worked this job like for two weeks but just sporadic days we didn't even show up a lot of the time because again with piece rate you can just go in whenever because you're not getting paid like an hourly wage yes but um so basically (laughs) the job one of the jobs we had was strawberry picking Mm -hmm. um and we had to basically sit in these carts and pick strawberries and the more you pick obviously the more money you made but we sucked at it so yeah we would make like 25 dollars a day sometimes but those were farm jobs that you drive to every day the farm jobs were it's like you can't leave or things get stolen there's a lot of farms that you like live actually on the farm Mm -hmm. and they supply your accommodation and stuff so I don't really have an experience with those type of farms yeah yeah, I just hear horror stories from those as well yeah but the reason why you have to do this farm work again you mentioned it is the three months and then you're allowed to apply for your second year visa so a little explanation on that is like three months is equivalent to 88 days so you have to do 88 days within the year it doesn't have to be three months in a row. Like you can do literally a few days each month as long as it makes 88 days. And then that allows you to apply for a second working holiday visa to get the second year. So the first few weeks we did the strawberry job and we would even sometimes just go for like two hours and 
know that we weren't going to make any money, but it just counted as a day towards our 88 days. Oh, life hack. Life hack. Yeah, you guys started getting smarter because it's definitely not sustainable to work seven hours for $25 when you can pick up another job in the area and be actually putting food on the table for yourself. Like, that is so scary. Yeah, so we basically... Yeah, we got the flower job and it was, that was like a dream come true. We were getting paid hourly and again, minimum wage in Australia is a lot higher in Canada. So for us picking flowers, we were getting paid like twenty three seventy five an hour. That is amazing. Yeah. So. That is incredible. So if you get a proper farm job, you're set. Like you can actually save, you can actually like have like a decent living um but yeah the the two three weeks that we were on that strawberry farm I'm pretty sure I was eating like one minute noodles every night because I was making 25 dollars a day (laughs) plus plus I had to pay rent you had to pay rent you guys had to pay for the car that you were renting yeah we we had a car too yeah but all in all that experience of our like I'm kind of looking back now um the pandemic forced Cass and I to do something out of our comfort zone and something we would have never have done unless the pandemic happened. Do you have any advice for anybody who might want to go to Australia and is maybe embarking on doing the farm work option? Yes. My advice would be to just do that right away. Like get, it over get like work work hard and then you can just play hard Enjoy. the rest of your time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you never have to think about it. Yeah. Like, don't even do, like, a road trip. Like, no, get to Australia and get your farm work done. It's also a great way to meet people. Um, So if you are coming alone, you can come, like, work in a hostel, uh, work on a farm, meet a lot of friends that way. And a lot of times those friends you meet end up being the ones that you travel and continue on with. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, and um, even you guys, you got super close with um, two of the guys from the hostel that you were staying yeah, in. Yeah, and we you actually ended up getting a house together. Yeah, so once we had like our jobs established and stuff, so we lived in the hostel for like two and a half months, three months, I'm not too sure, but we ended up making really good friends with um, two of the guys, and we all just really wanted to move out of that hostel. So we found uh, a house. A beautiful a house. Beautiful a beautiful house, pool, by the way. A party house, a literal party house. Yeah. We got, like, a really bad noise complaint our first week in there because it was one of the guy's birthdays and we had a huge house party for him. So, yeah, the first two and a half, three months we were in the hostel. The second three months we were in the beach house. And, again, it was a five-minute walk to the beach. We had... Yeah, it was beautiful. I will eventually put everything into a video. Mm -hmm. um, But my life in Sydney has been so hectic. I've been working so much and I just, it will, I will put a visual out for everyone of everything. Incredible. That's great. So if we do need to find you, if we want to follow your story and somehow eventually see this YouTube video, where should we find you? Through your Instagram? Yeah, everything I always because I do obviously make travel videos for like other trips we've been on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always put those links in my bio. 
whenever okay. there's a new one there. And it's at D Cerati. <laughs> D Cerati, D with Cerati. a double E. G What do you like mm-hmm. most about living there? The fact that you're not in a pandemic that has lasted two years in Ontario, perhaps that. Yes. So one of the really (laughs) good things about Australia is it's a massive island. So no one comes here except Mm -hmm. the people that live here. So they were able to get the pandemic under control very, very fast. Mm -hmm. With that being said, they are very behind in the vaccine rollout. Um, So one thing's got to give. Yes. So we have like barely any cases here, but also four people have the vaccine. So it's like, whereas back at home in Canada, you anyone can get the vaccine, but you know, they still have a lot of cases. So mm-hmm. it's bittersweet, but I was able to, we're a, able to do pretty much anything here. There's festivals, yeah. there's clubs open, everything is pretty much functioning back to normal. Um, but honestly, do you want to know my favorite thing about Australia? what iced chocolates what does that mean so it's a drink (laughs) okay (laughs) and and like also cafe culture in australia there's cafes everywhere and they all have this pretty much pretty much an iced chocolate is ice a scoop of vanilla ice cream chocolate syrup Mm -hmm. And it's just that in a glass. And then it's usually topped with like whipped cream and like some sort of like cookie or like sprinkles or something. Is that meant called... to, is it, is that supposed to be drinkable? Yeah. So it's like, it's literally just called an iced chocolate. And I don't get it because it's made with vanilla ice cream. And the only thing that's chocolate inside of it is chocolate syrup. But once the ice cream melts, and kind of blends with the chocolate sauce. It's just the best drink ever. Wow. Okay. They and do every a lot cafe of, has them. They do a lot of freaky stuff like that. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure they have a version of an iced coffee that's iced coffee with ice cream in it. Yeah. So if you get an iced coffee in Australia, it's pretty much the same thing as an iced chocolate. It's yeah. ice, a scoop of ice cream, the coffee shots. Yes. And then it's whipped cream and like whatever toppings they put on. So if you just want what an iced coffee would be back in North America, you have to ask for an iced latte. Oh. Because an iced latte is just ice, milk, and the coffee. Yes, because their coffee culture is all espresso-based drinks. What do you miss the most about Canada? Your friends and your family. (laughs) It is very hard being away from everyone. Mercy. I hate to admit it, but like early mercy. Miss early mercy. (laughs) Yeah, because we were the queens of King Street. Let's get into the drink. The drink. The drink. Can I buy you a drink? The drink that I'm sipping right now. Yes, I'm going to take a sip of mine as well. Guys, as always, you should expect no less than there to be a backstory to this drink. There is always a backstory to the cocktail. And that's what makes cocktails so much fun is because they always have a story. They bring back a memory. This cocktail is a key lime pie martini. 
Now, I'm sure there's tons of recipes circulating the internet, but me and Danielle collaborated on this specific cocktail, just bouncing ideas off of each other of what we thought would accurately emulate the taste of the key lime martini that we had in Naples, Florida. It was me, Danielle, and Cassandra from Canada. Canada! <laughs> And we She's going to hate us. <laughs> she should change her Instagram to Cassandra from Canada. Oh, God. Everybody, please DM Cassandra if you know her and say Cassandra from Canada. And then spam all her pictures with it as well. I'll be doing the same. <laughs> we are on a boat for the day. We have a very special boat rental. It was beautiful. It was huge. We're having the time of our lives. And... The driver ends up bringing us to this very random set of restaurants. I get this martini. It comes over to me. It's a pistachio green color. It's creamy. It's got limes. It's got a pie crust. It's got whipped cream hanging out of it. I am devouring this thing so quickly. Like it was not lasting on the table for more than five minutes. Danielle sees the enjoyment on my face and she proceeds to order one. Suddenly we're getting rounds of key lime pie martini after key lime pie martini because they were just so irresistible. So today what we made for you guys to try at home, to emulate, to create based off of what we kind of threw together is a delicious key lime pie martini. But I'm going to let Danielle walk us through the recipe for it. Danielle, take it away. You're going to start by preparing all your garnishes for the cocktail. You're going to start by crushing graham crackers, or I'm pretty sure you can also pre-buy like um, graham cracker crust that's already crushed. Um, You're going to put that on a small round plate, and then you're going to get another small round plate, and you're going to Um, just put like a very very thin layer of vanilla syrup Um, you are going to grab a martini glass and you are going to dip the rim into the vanilla syrup and then you're going to roll the rim of the glass into the graham crackers to allow it to stick to the glass then we are going to start building the cocktail Um, We're going to start by filling the shaker with ice. You are then going to add two ounces of vodka. Then you will get half an ounce of vanilla syrup and add that in. I prefer using vanilla syrup over vanilla flavored vodka because I just feel like it brings out the vanilla so much more. Um, I feel like you can't really taste the vanilla in an actual vanilla vodka that's why I yeah great observation for sure um also because this is a dessert cocktail like this is a very sweet and like very filling cocktail we're not trying to be calorie wise here we're yeah. adding in the vanilla this is not healthy yeah this is a dessert cocktail this is a dessert in a glass once again <laughs> it is a hundred percent Then we are going to get one ounce of condensed sweetened milk. And then we are going to get one ounce of fresh lime juice. Mm. 
pour that in as well. And then we're just gonna finish off with half an ounce of pineapple juice. And then you're gonna shake it all together. Oh, you did me so proud. You did me so <laughs> proud with that. And then we will double strain it into the martini glass. And then you will get a can of whipped cream, top that baby off. And I like adding a lime wheel as the finishing touch to the drink and then i also spray some of the whipped cream into my mouth and then <laughs> i break the cocktail <laughs> so garnish your glass by getting the whipped cream and spraying it into your mouth that's how you're gonna garnish yeah. the rest <laughs> that's it it goes it goes on the drink and then it goes and then in into your, your mouth. mouth and then on the drink yeah. and then into your mouth and then into your mouth drink, yeah into your mouth mm. oh my god i this is better this is better than the one that we had in florida Stop if I it. no <laughs> it's so creamy it's sweet it is very creamy yes and i find that the see adding the pineapple juice in there there's a very little amount it's only half an ounce so half a shot Oh, by the way, did we say, did you say, did you read off everything in shots or ounces? Oh my God. Ounces. Here at Sunny with a shot of sarcasm, we only say shots. Oh my God, my heart, my heart is palpitating. No, it's okay. We're going to forgive you as our guest bartender. She didn't know any better, guys. Don't get mad at her. You do not want to overdo it with the pineapple juice. When you overdo it with pineapple juice, it's very apparent that flavor it's very tart you know exactly what it is you want to put just the right amount into your martini that it's nicely disguised and what pineapple juice does is it kind of gives you a pie crust flavoring sweeting condensed milk what a life hack wow what a great idea try it out if you want to impress people or you just want to have a super yummy delicious dessert in a glass if you want to see danielle shake the cocktail fresh if you want to see her she's gonna be she's our guest bartender she's gonna be shaking the cocktail fresh on the social accounts so tune into the youtube channel and the um, instagram so that you can see step by step in detail in only a couple minutes we shortened the clips down to like one to two minutes maximum just so you could get everything that you absolutely need from the video to make the delicious key lime pie martini and have a little slice of Naples, Florida. Guys, we asked the polls a question that Danielle wanted to know about and what she wanted to know about was non-sexual turn-ons, meaning your green flags. What do you say go to? What do you look at and you're like, yes, that is a green check mark. Let's go. Since we both ran the polls on our Instagrams, mm -hmm. we'll kind of go one for one. I feel like a lot of girls had like a similar theme going on and a lot of it for them was like driving related things. Like I got parallel parking. <laughs> it's a turn on when somebody compares. You know what? Yeah. When guys can finesse a good parallel park and I'm sure I'm sure the opposite is true too like I'm sure that anybody looks at anybody else and thinks wow you could finesse a smooth parallel park like that yeah. is hot yeah and so many other ones I got confident driver I got good drivers backing into parking spaces 
um, when they reverse and the way they put the hand on the back of the, the hands on the back of the chair. <laughs> okay, so I got messy buns and fit girls that snack a lot. How about just anybody That's who cute. snacks a lot? <laughs> yeah. Do they have to be fit? Do we have to be fit? Okay. I actually have a story. I am planning to retire the messy bun. And this is a PSA to people with messy buns. Okay. I'm actually wearing a Me. messy bun right now. Look, Danielle. I'm wearing a yes, messy see bun. It. You can see the little stragglies coming out of it. Oh now, my. yesterday, I went for a walk. Okay. I went for a walk and I was walking through the ravine and it was absolutely terrifying. I, I'm, I see two birds, two black birds. Now I don't think that they were crows, but they were not cute. No, I no, no. I feel like I know. I know where you're going with this. Oh, no, I know, I know, I know. They start cawing and circling me. Okay. Two <laughs> birds, like not cute ones, also not seagulls. I'm not sure what they were. I didn't get a good look at, at them, but they were circling me and cawing and coming down so close to me and their wings were smacking against my arms and it landed on my bun. It landed on my bun. Yes. Are you? They it, wanted to use your hair for nesting. Yeah, though they <laughs> are you kidding me right now? They, oh yeah, so they were probably extract gonna try to extract the stragglies. Yeah. Sticking out of my messy bun to make a nest, or they thought that I was a moving nest. I have another one that I thought was like really good because I agree with it as well. When he plans surprise dates and getaways. Ooh, actually, I had a similar one like that, too. Yeah, there's nothing that's, like, makes me want to jump a guy's bones more than when he just, like, is, like, oh, like, be ready for this time. Mm -hmm. I'm picking you up, and we're going here. Yeah, it's, like, like, when they play. the initiative. The initiative. A guy's response, he said, skull of beer. He's obviously Australian, so skull means chug. So I guess, like, for a guy, like, seeing a girl being able to chug a beer, mm-hmm. it's like a turn-on. When <laughs> someone sends you a song they think you might like. Ooh. Yeah, isn't that cute. good? That's cute. Yeah. yeah, or just anything that they think you might like. Similar to what you said, uh, this one says, knowing good restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so true. Um, we love a good plug. I love being surprised and finding out new places that I haven't seen before. It just impresses me a lot. And it just makes me feel like you're very resourceful and you're well-researched and you are trying to impress me. So I think that's super cool. And it just makes me like, it puts an illusion that like, you're just a well-connected person as well. It's like, how do you know about these places? Like you are interesting. When they are friendly to complete strangers and cashiers slash service workers slash servers. Yes, that tells you so much about a person if they are polite mm, to people that they do not necessarily have to be polite to, especially yeah. the server. It just indicates so much about a person. Oh, this one, you'll know who this is just based off of their two submissions. When they buy you a flight in a club at 3 a.m. <laughs> and also, 
Cassandra when, from Canada. <laughs> she's going to kill us. When they ask you what bottle you want, not what drink. Oh, Cassandra from Canada. In brackets, <laughs> she put one oak. That did happen to her and I in one oak. We met these two guys and um, they came up to us and just handed us the bottle list. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what bottles do you guys want? I really liked this one. So someone who understands cultural cues and manners, etiquette in general, very important. Someone mm-hmm. who offers their partner things first, like ordering first, letting them through the door first, just putting their partner first. I love this one. Someone who hustles and turns ideas into reality. Someone who appreciates good music and has a wide range in taste. When they know the difference between there, there, and there. <laughs> Louder for the louder. We love we love a grammar queen. And then the last one I was gonna throw in here is when someone divulges knowledge I don't have yet. Very true. Love that answer. Like, can I learn something from you? Like, what can I learn from you? What do you bring to the table? Like, let's have bigger conversations here. Love that answer. Yeah. Any other ones you wanted to throw in, even personal ones? Um, yeah, so the first example I'll give, um, this is a new guy, we named a nickname. Uh, we'll call him Zeus. Zeus. He's Greek and he's tall, so it's a fitting nickname. I met Zeus in Greece when we were in Greece together. We were at Tropicana and I was at the bar with Cass and the bartender was like, oh, like, where are you guys from? Whatever, we said Toronto. And then he's like, oh, like, those, those guys are from Toronto. And then right away, when someone's from Toronto, they're not really from Toronto, they're from Bonn. So we're like... <laughs> we know, right? We straight through you. <laughs> we were drunk and we're like, let's go see where these guys are really from. We go up to them, we're like, Toronto, eh? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, no, but where do you actually live? And lo and behold, it was Vaughn. Anyways, <laughs> kind of hit it off with Zeus. And that was like one of the first nights in Greece. And what what's such a turn on with him was he just not only took care of me but the girls he ah he took care drinks. of Sandra from Canada and you are you and me no and me and me <laughs> all of you all you of our friends so many drinks group, our whole group so many bottles of champagne yeah. like just, we each had a bottle never... we each had a bottle yeah. strapped to our arms and then yeah. one of our last nights that we were in Greece we went to Cabo Paradiso and it was just us girls there and he was like oh like I wanted to come but like my friend doesn't want to come whatever he ends up coming with his cousin to see yes. me yes and he came so late and the minute he gets there he just buys a bottle for us girls yes and I was just <laughs> like you sir <laughs> you Mr. Zeus there is there is just this it's like the dominance I don't know what it is and then the pattern continued when we got back to Canada like and we would go out like yeah like when we would go out on King Street and he was there with his friends like same situation yeah what do your friends want and then I think my second one this is my most like recent one that like it just does it for me as well this one's about kangaroo jack he is just the biggest gentleman. There is never a moment where he lets me walk behind him. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, That's I will so walk cute. out of elevators first, always opens the door, always closes the door, even gets the car door sometimes. Like, 
I just I like if we're if we're walking on like a walkway like he'll make sure I'm on the inside like I'm not like on the like I'm on the pathway and he's on the road type of situation he's just such a gentleman and yeah that just does it for me yeah for sure and especially like watching your own family and just like things that yeah. you like that you've probably seen your parents do with each other before like that's mm-hmm. where we get these what we're attracted yeah. to I love that I definitely yeah. love the feeling like when somebody runs ahead of me to open the door for me it's like wow mm-hmm. like okay I'll get the next one for you but like you really tried <laughs> but you don't even have to because like because somehow he has an inspector gadget <laughs> extendo arm and he already has the next three doors open for you exactly <laughs> it's <what>? crazy <laughs> Okay. Well, that was freaking awesome. I loved all the answers that everybody submitted. And if you guys want to hear your answer on the podcast, do participate in the polls, follow and engage with the Instagram account at Sunny with a shot of sarcasm. Again, everybody, everything is linked in the bio. So you could check that out and then submit your answers because I love seeing them all and love talking about them all. I wanted to come to a conclusion of the episode with a few more questions for you. So why am I even saying conclusion? Because I know we're going to spiral and get out of control with a few more questions. Alina, we are our mother's daughters. (laughs) The way you and I tell stories and people always like, because my mom does it the same way. Your mom does it the exact same way it's so bad that this is going on as long as it's going on for because we need to when we tell a story people need to know what color this guy was you know what I mean (laughs) the over details and you know what's funny is that I start every story with like okay to make a long story short and the story is not (laughs) short (laughs) the story is never short it's always never long story longer that's the new I'm gonna get a shirt Put that on a shirt, Mama, to make a long story long because we know it's never a short story. To make a long story long, welcome to Sunday School. Sunday School is something that we do at the end of every episode for a little bit of health and wellness to send you off on your week. But this episode in general was in no way traditional or in any way like the other ones that we've done. So let's continue this pattern and do this Sunday school a little different as well. Danielle, I want to ask you a few questions about social media because I feel like these topics are things that a lot of people struggle with and relate to. And I think it'd be really nice if we could just have an open and candid conversation about it. Your Instagram page, it's honestly, the aesthetic is on point. You always have the looks, the hair, the makeup, the outfits, everything. And I was wondering, is there ever a pressure around that sort of maintenance of an online presence for you? Do you ever feel like a pressure associated to it? Absolutely. Like, I obviously do take my Instagram very seriously. Um, To preference, I 
I don't have a massive following like you know I do have a little bit but like I'm not here talking thinking I'm the biggest Instagram hoe in the world because definitely not but Mm -hmm. my Instagram has been put together well enough and the following I do have um, puts me into a micro influencer category Mm -hmm. Um, I have gotten free stuff from it I've gotten to like like restaurants reach out to me to like eat there and stuff like the small little things like I've never been paid for anything yet yet but you've gotten free stuff um I've gotten lots of free stuff by lots of companies um or even just like reached out so putting effort into your Instagram does pay off in a way but it also does have the negative side effects which is what you said there is a pressure um it's it's to the point where I always just feel like if I have an event, there needs to be some sort of content taken mm-hmm. that needs to be uploaded. Um, don't get me wrong. I love doing hair and makeup. I love putting together outfits. Like fashion is a huge part of my life and stuff. Like I love that. So for me, it's very fun to do it. But it, that kind of goes away when I always feel like I need to take the perfect picture and like a perfect example of this was like my birthday this past year. Um, I wasn't having the best weekend mentally. I was just going through like some personal stuff. Like it was just, it was just not the best weekend for me. And um, the night that we were going out, I did buy a whole new outfit and stuff. And I was just not down to take any pictures. And I even told Cass, I'm like, I don't even care to get pictures. I just I'm not in the mood I don't want to that's it and um I was getting a lot of birthday messages and one of them literally said happy birthday I can't wait to see what look you're gonna pull off this year mm-hmm. this was as we were leaving the restaurant and I was wearing the look that I like purposely bought for my birthday and I was like Cass I'm like we're taking a picture it's we're taking time. pictures yeah and like I was on the verge of tears as I was taking this like these pictures oh it was yeah it, it there is a pressure there yeah it's a love-hate type of thing for sure because it's like the thing that you enjoy so much doing yeah is the same thing that becomes a pressure for you just because you've associated yourself you're you're now known for that right yes there will always be that pressure around it because when people know you for something that's what they're asking about that's what they're commenting about and they don't even mean it in a bad way they mean it as a compliment to you right yeah absolutely It's, it's just a struggle it is a mental game for you to find a balance between am I taking this too seriously? Do I need to be easier on myself or do I need to maintain this image? What am I doing it for? Is it worth it? Do I enjoy it? Is it making me not enjoy it? Some days are better than others. Some days you wake up, I'm sure, and you're super motivated and you're like, yes, Mm -hmm. we're going to take the picture in this outfit. And then you find yourself sometimes in positions where you're like, I have to get a picture (laughs) right now. So most of the time it's that. (laughs) Yeah. But thank you for sharing that because I think I relate to it. I'm sure so many people relate to that as well. Actually, another question was, how are you so confident? You know what? 
I recently had someone say this to me. It was me and Cass. And she said to us, she's like, you two just like have such a confidence about you, like just your outfits, whatever. And like, I, I didn't, I never really thought about it. And then she's like, how, like, she asked like how we do it. And then it really, really made me think. And hearing that someone else thinks that I have so much confidence, like, I never really realized it until, like, she said it, and you literally just reconfirmed it now. And I honestly think it just comes from, like, just knowing your worth. Like, I think it honestly came from... Do I want to bring this up? I do want to bring this up because honestly, this was a huge part of it. My ex-boyfriend, he just didn't care about me like at all. Literally would go days without even hearing from him. And I was just like so young and naive. And I was just thought like, it was just like so cool. And like, oh, like we don't text every day. We don't have to like, like we're just super chill, whatever. And then when we broke up, like when we broke up, we were on and off a few times, but like, it was always like him kind of initiating the breakup and every single time we'd break up I would always just be like okay why am I like not good enough for him and then finally when we like had our final breakup two years after this guy comes crawling back and tries to like re-get me into his life obviously whenever you break up so when you have your breakup glow you lose weight you like you know start doing stuff for yourself and like I think that's honestly what happened and then having him want me back so bad and me not caring about him whatsoever I was just honestly I think that's what made me realize like I am such an amazing person and obviously like you have good days bad days like I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect but like I went to school I've had a very good job I have a solid group of friends i I I travel like I have so much going for me even though I feel sometimes like I don't Mm -hmm. you really just have to always look at the positives in your life even if they're so small and just know how that makes you such a good person yeah that that, like reaffirms your worth right when you're looking at the positives and what you think you have to offer this world it's like that confidence booster right and yeah, definitely him coming back to you once you had already established your worth. So you were no longer in a vulnerable place. Yeah. You being able to walk away from that situation or, or whatever ended up going down with, with this newfound confidence for yourself and knowing that you deserved better. It's not even about that person. It's no, just yeah. what you learned about yourself from that experience and your own boundaries and what you weren't planning to put up with anymore it's not like I'm so much better than you. It's yes. I'm so much better than our relationship yes. that we had. Exactly. So, like, you deserve more. That. That's what you mean by yeah. it. This is what I deserve. And I will be saying no to anything that is not that. That is confidence. Yeah. And another small thing that I think adds to my confidence, and I have to give this one to my mom, is she is like such a badass. Like her confidence in her marriage with like my dad their dynamic is so like she takes no bs (laughs) like 
I remember driving one day and my dad was driving. She was in the passenger seat. I was in the back and there was a new movie coming out. I think it was like Sully, like the pilot one. And my dad's like, oh, like Lisa, like I want to like, let's go watch this movie. And she literally looks up from her phone and she's like, yeah, you can take me. (laughs) I'm like, you have been married to this guy for 30 years. And you just hit him with that? I'm like... <laughs> yes, he can. He will take you to that movie. He will pay for the popcorn. You will like, and she's just—that's just how she carries herself in the, their marriage and just with <laughs> everything in life. Like she does not care about what anyone thinks yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, and that's—I think it stems from her too. She's just such a confident woman, and she just—I look at her and I'm like, I want to be like her. Oh my gosh, Lisa doesn't even remember the magic brownie story anymore. She's lying. No, she doesn't. <laughs> I'm gonna just throw in my dad here too because I just thought of this too. Like I grew up and I grew up and my dad would always look at me and be like, Who's the second most beautiful girl in the world? And I'm like, Well, who's the first? And he's like, You, obviously. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he'll like say that to my mom too. And then, like, the way he talks about my mom, too, like, sometimes, he'll be like, yeah, like, she's so beautiful. And I don't know, just, he always just throws out compliments, and he always just holds us on such a high pedestal. So, like, I don't expect anything less. That is so cute. Yeah. Danielle, I have to say, I am honestly so impressed with how vulnerable you were in this episode. A lot of people, they haven't had the opportunity for to see you for a long time, especially you being yeah. in Australia, right? And I think a big thing with social media is that we see probably 20% of a person's life. And yeah. that's where the expectations and the pressure and all those things come in for you to address that pressure and then to come on this podcast and just completely be vulnerable and be yourself and just talk about those things so candidly. I just really appreciate hearing that. And I think a lot of people are going to relate to it as well. Because oh, <laughs> I definitely fun, related to it. So that being said, everybody, thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope everybody is having a sunny, sunny, sunny Sunday and an incredible week ahead. I just wanted to say, subscribe to this podcast. Just do it. Just subscribe to the podcast. You know what's good about subscribing is that you will get the notification to your phone And the episode will already be downloaded on your phone. So you can go on a walk. You could go on a caminare around the block. You could go on a bike ride. You could go in your car. And the episode is so conveniently already there. And you never have to miss any updates for the episodes. We don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that if you subscribe, it not only helps you, but it helps me too. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very proud of you and this whole podcast. I know how much work you've put into it. So I'm really, really happy to finally be a part of it. And And for us to finally coordinate our completely opposite schedules, schedules, guys, she is waking up and doing a podcast. I am going to bed and doing a podcast.
Okay, let's get it started in here. And the bass keep running, running, and running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running. How high can she go? How high can she go? Not high, not high. 